Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. (laughs) All right, everyone, welcome back to the Honest Art Podcast. You know, every now and then you um, meet somebody, you come across someone that is just, they just absolute radiate um, kindness. And simply being in their presence makes you feel safe. Uh, it makes you feel like you can exhale, that you can just loosen your grip a little bit on life and you let your walls drop. And so do you, you guys know anybody like that? Because if you don't, you are about to meet one. And uh, the cool thing is, because art is always a mirror, you know, it's always a reflection of the artist, um, her work also exudes that same grace, that same beauty, um, it just reflects her spirit, her spirit. So my guest today, oh, I'm so excited, my guest today is Betty Franks, and many of you may already know her because she's got a, a gargantuan uh, Instagram following of, I think it's 143,000 now. Uh, but if you're not aware of who she is, you are in for a treat. So welcome Betty. Thank you for that introduction, Jody. Oh my God. I am so, so excited to be here finally chatting with you. And as we said, before we started, I feel like I know you and we've been following each other for years. So it's so wonderful to, to finally chat like this. I know, finally. So you may not remember this, Betty, but I feel like I've been waiting for this conversation for a while now because I don't know, I don't know exactly when it was. I'm saying, I'm thinking it's maybe like seven years ago, but you did something that profoundly changed um, how I felt about myself as an artist. I don't know if you remember this, but way back then we were following each other and you had, um, like you do now, you had a sizable Instagram following, not nearly as big, but way bigger than mine. I was just, you know, I don't even know what mine was. Maybe it it was fine. It was like 5,000 or something, you know, but, um, you did this one small act of kindness where, you just reposted a piece of my work and you gave me a shout out. And from that one repost, I I got a lot more followers, but it, it wasn't that so much that was like, I felt like was so impactful for me. What it was, was I, I felt seen by another member of the artist community who I respected and I still respect you immensely. Um, and it just, I don't know, it made me feel less alone. It made me feel like I had a community. It empowered me just to keep going. I'm like, well, shit, if Betty Franks is going to repost my work, I can't suck that bad, right? 
So uh, do you even remember that? I, you know, I, I kind of remember reposting your work because I absolutely love your work. And there was a short period of time or a period of time where I was wanting to share artists who I admired and whose artwork I absolutely love. And you were one of them. And I was, you know, so happy to do that, to, to put it out there. And, and I'm so glad that it meant that much to you because I don't think we realized, and this has happened to me as well, where someone does something for us and they don't even realize the impact of that until they're told. And I know that there have been other people who have done something for me. And I know for them, it probably, they probably didn't think much of it, but it, it also had made a big impact in my life in one way or another, or it's something that I will always remember that, that small gesture that, um, that just was so important to me at that moment. Right. So I feel like it, that is the embodiment of who you are, just gracious and kind. And I mean, I'm sure we're all very complex and, you know, so sometimes that feels like very, you know, not very complex. We were an artist are extremely complex, but I do, when I see you, that's what I think of. But okay. For those people who are joining us and don't know a single thing about you, um, let me just briefly give them a bit of your bio and it is ready. Betty was born in Toronto, Canada, which no wonder you're so freaking nice. <laughs> you're Canadian, for God's sakes. Hey. <laughs> but you were raised in San Jose, California. Um, and something that we both have in common is you are a self-taught artist and you started painting when you were 50, right? Am I right about that? I started painting Absolutely. Uh, when I was 35, but I didn't like decide to go hard until I was, I was 50. So, um, okay. So although it seemed late in life to take up painting, the timing was just right for Betty. And after a long career in customer service management, she was ready to unleash her creative side. So I think that story is so empowering because, um, I know you have a, a fantastic, online program. You, you know, you not only paint, but you also have courses and you teach workshops. And uh, I'm sure you see this. There are so many of us that are in this stage of life that are like maybe late forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and beyond. And we are just now coming to this creative time in our lives. So I think that your story is really, really empowering for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I do get a lot of messages from artists who are in their 50s or 60s or even somebody messaged me the other day, sent me an email and they're 78 years old and they are loving creating abstract art and really diving into it. And so to me, I just love hearing these stories because it just makes me feel like, you know, I, I I did feel like I started late in life, but yet, like I said, the timing was just right for me. There's, I don't think I could have done it earlier and I'm glad I didn't wait to do it any later. Right. Um, so I think we can all, what we can learn from this is the fact that it doesn't matter how old you are. It, you know, it's just a number. If you feel that desire in your heart and your soul to create, 
it doesn't matter if you are 90 years old, go for it because it's just going to light you up and it's just going to light up the world as well. Yes, I completely agree. So what is it, Betty, that we would need to know about you to understand why you were drawn to being an artist, especially after, you know, an entire, you know, career or, you know, up to that point of not being one, what is it? What, what, what drew you to that? You know, there's probably not a real um, uh, exciting answer to that, (laughs) but um, what drew me to being an artist is uh, honestly, I needed an escape from work. And I needed to do something to to not be um, because I was managing people and I was managing uh, programs and such that it was all very analytical. I did a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of presentations. Um, I worked with a lot of people, but it just wasn't super creative like I am now. And so I needed to do something to kind of get out of that mode and do something, get my head into something else because of the amount of stress that I was under at work. So I started creating uh, cards. I was stamping cards on the weekends and making, you know, birthday cards and things like that. And I just loved that. And I got to a point in my job where I had to, I had to leave. I was physically in so much pain from stress that I just couldn't take it anymore. And it was a hard decision because it really, it's, it's who you are for so many years. And it's like, okay, well, who am I now? And so I kind of did a bit of a transition, um, helping uh, my husband at the time with, um, he had a house painting business. So I was taking over kind of the marketing of that while also helping with some of the painting. And so that was a little bit of a transition. And then I just got to a point where I was able to spend more time creating. And I just really started feeling so passionate about creating with with paints and mark making tools. But not only that, but it was, I think the fundamental is that I loved sharing what I was making. And then also, I especially loved sharing how I was making it. What were those steps to get there that others could learn from because I could see so many people were struggling with, you know, not even knowing where to start. And I've been there and I've gone through all of that. Yes. And um, what, what I hear you saying is you just, you, you did what we all strive to do as artists and that is to follow the next mark, follow the, you know, the next stroke, the, the next color, whatever, and just continue to follow that curiosity. Um, and through the following of that curiosity, it's almost like you had an unintended health benefit. I'm, I don't want to, you know, assume, but it seems like you, it, just the process of creating probably calmed your nervous system down. So For that- sure. Absolutely. Yep. It, it really helped me at the time that I was still working really helped me face the next week by having the weekend to, to, you know, lock myself up in the laundry room and just spend hours creating. And, you know, it it was a time to myself and it was a time to, I find that I found that when I was doing that, I wasn't thinking about work. Whereas if I was doing other things, 
work was still, you know, very much on my mind. Yeah. So it did help me physically to be able to relax more and, and, um, you know, and, and that affects our health, you know, when we're that stressed out. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, okay. You also said something that I find really remarkable and that was that you really liked sharing what you were doing, you know? Um, so I assume you mean sharing your art, sharing your process. Um, I, you know, I teach a lot of artists business tips. So I teach some, you know, painting, but also business. And one of the biggest, um, I, I would think struggles that artists have is in sharing their work and feeling confident enough to share their work, um, or their process. So what is it that, is it your marketing background? Is it just inherent in who you are? What is it that like, because I feel like what, what you experienced, maybe other artists could, you know, take something from what you did and maybe be able to break through some of their own barriers around sharing themselves in their work. Yeah. The the sharing part didn't come all that easy, but the purpose behind it is I think what helps me. And inherently, I love to help people. I, if if somebody, and I'm transparent. I mean, anybody asks me a question, I will tell you exactly everything I know on that topic. I will even go to Google and Miss Google research it. And I will send you links and you know, because I want to learn also, if I don't have the answer, I'll go sure. and research it and then I'll send it off. Um, I, I just, I'd love to help people, um, you know, in especially artists who are just getting started because I know I still, it's still fresh in my mind how much I struggled in the beginning, trying to figure out products, trying to figure out process, procedure, not procedures, now I'm thinking work, right? Um, <laughs> techniques to use. <laughs> How quickly we can jump back into that life, right? Um, <laughs> yes. Techniques to use, um, you know, how to use those products, you know, what what happens when you do this or what happens if you, you know, uh, use this on top of this. So I, I loved experimenting and figuring those things out and then being able to share that information. And, and you know, I just, in the beginning, it was kind of a very casual way of sharing. And then over the years, you know, several years ago, I started teaching in person, and then uh, I did some online. And this this year, I I launched a really true online course where I really sat down and did everything from start to finish. And um, that is no and, and small thing. Great. <clears throat> that is no small thing to create right. an online course. Um, you know, I have artists that I work with say, "I want to do a course." I'm like, "Okay, great," because there's so many people out there that are just like, "All you have to do is create an online course, and you're going to make a gazillion dollars and yeah. just follow my five steps." But it is no small thing. It is not that easy to do, um, but it definitely does help if your purpose is to truly help people, and you come from it from that that standpoint. Um, okay. So, and let me just not to beat a dead horse here, but I just think it's so interesting that you felt comfortable sharing your work, um, or your process for sure. Was there a point, because I, I relate to this as a self-taught artist. Like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know if this, you know, and especially when I first started, I don't know if this painting is any good. How, how am I supposed to know? I didn't go to art school. But you, uh, you were, as I understand it, you are sharing your work. What, what was it about you were sharing your work? Did you have confidence in your work? Were you, 
because you know now I'm like I don't give a shit if you don't like <laughs> Georgia O'Keefe said um uh I've already settled it for myself so both flattery and um and flattery and whatever goes down the same drain yeah, you know exactly. so maybe it's that I don't know but what what was it that you're like you know what I'm going to share my art I know I just started yeah. painting at 50 but I'm going to start sharing it what was that yeah it was it it wasn't super easy, but I was in these groups on Facebook. That's where I started. And they were so supportive that um, it was, it wasn't super hard to, to share art. Uh, I did create a, a Facebook business page early on where I was also sharing my art there. And I was getting good feedback, positive feedback, not always. And over the years, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, comment in a negative way. And I have learned to, like Georgia Keefe, I've learned to, um, you know, not let that bother me. I, I, because not, it doesn't bother me today, because I am finally confident in the work that I create. And I love the work that I create. So those comments, you know, eight years ago, really crushed me. And like, right. you know, I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. It's like, you know, why do we let people control our thoughts in that way and our emotions, you know? And you can get a hundred wonderful comments, right? Like, I love your work. This is beautiful, stunning, blah, blah, blah. And then one comment, and it could be as simple as meh, and it'll just destroy us, right? Especially early on. Now I yeah. think it's, now I think it's kind of funny, but it, it's true, right? It's yeah. like one little comment can just take you down. Exactly. And that's exactly what was happening. One little comment would take me down for, you know, for days. But um, I slowly learned to, to you know, ignore those and, or, you know, take them with a grain of salt because, you know, they don't know my, my you know, the path I've been on. They don't know where I'm headed. Uh, they don't know anything about me. So, um, and a lot of times I think I, I feel that folks who have negative comments are having personal issues in their own lives and they're lashing out. And so I try to just kind of be kind and give them some grace that that there's stuff going on and they just are not happy people right now. So, yeah, I'm not to that point. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there. I mean, I, I know, see, this is why I tell people like, you're so kind. You are an embodiment of grace, right? You're, your art, you, um, no, if somebody comes at me, you know, with a negative comment, I'll usually screenshot it, you know, drag them on social media. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry. I know you're not as crass as I am, but I'm like, fuck you. You try to paint a painting this. It's hard. It is so hard. But I'm glad there are people like you and I'll I'm gonna strive to be more like you. <laughs> I mean I do know it's not about me, it's about them, but still I'm like, you're you're just being a jerk. So Yeah, yeah. There there are those out there, yes. Yes. I feel like uh Betty, we're we're both artists, very talented artists, but you're like the good little devil or the good person on one. And I like the devil on the other shoulder. It's a good thing you are in this world. We balance each other out. We do. We do. Um, and okay. So speaking of balance, um, you have a 
thriving business, thriving art business. Um, and you are, um, a, a, you know, a, a thriving artist as well. I always tell people if they're going to get somebody to coach them, make sure they're an artist, right? Make sure that they are good at what they do. Make sure you love that. Like, otherwise, what are you doing? Right. You have both. You are, you know, you're doing both. So how do you balance that? The business side a, and the creative side. Yeah. Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, okay. First of all, I love what I do. I love being an artist. I love running an art business. Those are two different hats and I love them both very much. And to the point where I will work into the evening still. I Me would too. work on weekends. Um, honestly, I don't I don't look at my I don't look at the week as a work week and a weekend. To me, every day is a weekend, every day is a weekday. I some days I don't even know what day it is, so I'm not even paying attention. Is it a Monday or is it a Friday? Because to me, every day is a Friday. <laughs> every day is a Sunday. So, you know, I, I just love what I do. And so I'm not good at balancing. And and I kind of try to remind myself, okay, Betty, go do something fun. But I'm like, well, but marketing is fun for me. So <laughs> I am having fun. It's business related, but I am having a good time. Uh, you know, I go create art. I love creating art. You know, I, I enjoy art. Um, the whole process, the whole, you know, from the moment I open my door to how I hang up my keys to, you know, how I light my candle and I prepare the room so that I can create art. I love all of it. And so I I don't do, you know, such a great job of balancing, but I was just listening to one of your podcasts where you talked about, you know, screw the balance. It's all about um, alignment, the words you use alignment. Yeah. So I am so aligned with my art. I'm so aligned with being an artist and, and marketing and running the art business. Um, I just, I truly love all of it. Now, will I love it like this forever? Maybe, maybe not. But right now I am so loving it and I have been for years. So, and I think that plays into my success is that I, the, the marketing side, the running the business side, I love all of that. And I think that's why I can be a successful artist because I'm not just making art and stacking it up against the wall. As a matter of fact, I don't have a whole lot of art. My inventory is always low because I'm, I'm spending a lot of time doing the marketing so that it goes out there. Because to me, I, I do not like to have my art sitting around in my studio as much as I love my art. I feel like I am distinguishing extinguishing, extinguishing the spirit of that artwork. And I need it to be out and being enjoyed by somebody else. So that's why I love to do the marketing side so that I know my art finds this new loving home where someone is truly going to enjoy that piece. Okay. That is, that is a quotable moment, right? That right there. It, <laughs> it's like, so that is a beautiful reframe for so many artists. I, I love the marketing part as well. And I didn't, I don't think I ever knew why until you just said that. And that is that you feel like you're extinguishing the spirit 
of the piece if you're not putting it out there for um, for the world, for whoever needs it, or you know maybe is hoping for mm-hmm. it. That is such a beautiful way to reframe marketing. You know, that's 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 stunning because that I feel like is where so many of us get hung up. So many artists Mm -hmm. get hung up. They're like, well, I'm not a business person. I don't like the business stuff. But if we can reframe it in the way that you just described it, that Mm -hmm. that helps us to show up and maybe maybe get out of our comfort zone and do it differently. Absolutely. And they go hand in hand, being the artist and then marketing your work and getting it out there. I really feel like those two go hand in hand and you can't do one without the other. You know, you can be an artist and and if you choose to be an artist who doesn't sell, that's fantastic. You know, let it pile up. That's wonderful. You know, keep creating. But if you want to do this as your, you know, as a business so that you can pay your rent, pay your mortgage, pay your bills, then the two go hand in hand in a very loving way. They go hand in hand. Right. I love that in a very loving way. And sometimes um, I'm in a, I'm in a season right now where I'm working my butt off um, in order to have a season where I can take a little bit more of a break. Right. And uh, so, you know, you just did the, the summit, right. The art business soul summit. So I, and you were amazing for those of you who, we missed the Art Business Soul Summit. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. But um, so the, the summit, and then I was creating a collection, which I just finished up. But also, you know, then I have the podcast, but I'm also moving out of my studio, which I know we DM'd yes. about. So there's the packing of that. And then I'm like, there's just so much going on. And, uh, and so I was getting a little like a little bit of a bad attitude about it this past week. And then I reframed it much like you're reframing about marketing. And I reframed it to, I get to do this. I get to do this job. I get to paint a collection. Quit bitching about it. I get to do this, right? And so as artists, especially like you said, if you want to build a business, if you don't want to, fine. Obviously, there's so many benefits like what we were talking about for you when you left your other job. There's so many benefits, health benefits, fun, joy, just whatever, if you don't want to build a business. But there, um, there, if you do want to do it, you do have to embrace and you do have to reframe the whole business side of it as well. And I love that you said you don't do it well. I don't either. I try. I have some like things in place, you know, to help, but. Yeah. I just see it as a constant work in progress, mm-hmm. <laughs> both me and my business. Um, but being grateful is really important to me as well. Just, and like you said, you know, there's always going to be struggles in life. There's stuff going to be thrown at you. And um, I've been so focused in the past couple of years of being grateful and just, you know, when I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, I get to do art today, or I get <laughs> to reach out and, and talk to more people about art. Um, when I go to bed, so I do this all the time, I go, oh my God, I love my bed. It's so comfortable. I'm so grateful. I have this fantastic bed I can sleep in every night. Um, it's just those little things that start to add up in our lives. And make us realize that, you know, even though something shitty is happening right now, it's happening, but it's, we don't have to say it's happening to us. You know, we can reframe that and say, okay, this is a bad situation. And what am I going to learn from this? And how yeah. do I get through this? And 
to the studio and create more art or, you know, do something fun. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I have a gratitude journal every night. One of the things I write consistency yep. is I love my bed. Yes. <laughs> I just love my bed. Okay, so you are very visible. You you teach workshops, you're visible on social, you're you're a very visible artist. What is something that people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, okay. Um so a lot of people know that I'm Croatian. And that I go to Croatia and I go there to help my parents because they're in their 80s now and, and need some help. Um, my siblings are here, you know, in San Jose where I live. We're, we're all just a few minutes away from each other and we're very close, um, which is fantastic. One of the things that, you know, being Croatian, I grew up in the Croatian community here in San Jose. And I, you know, all my life I've been around Croatian people. My best friend is Croatian. Um, so I guess one of the things that maybe not a lot of people know about me is I was a Croatian folk dancer for many, many years. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is fascinating. So I, you know, you, you post when you go to Croatia. And so I feel like yeah. I do know that about you and so many people know that, but I didn't realize how steeped in the culture you are in San Jose. I really kind of thought, well, she's here in the U S and then she goes there, but that's beautiful. And could, so can you still do some of the dances? I probably could jump in. Yes, we have. Um, so, so our community here is centered around the Croatian Catholic Church that is, you know, massive settings in Croatian. Um, we have picnics, you know, on a regular basis over the years. You know, we've had um, just all of the things that we would celebrate in Croatia, we celebrate here in the smaller community that we have. And so, yeah, I'm very much tied to it and very... Um, very much a part of it, and especially when I was younger. So I, I did folk dancing for many years, and then I also taught to the younger generations. So again, the teaching part, the, the sharing, the, you know, transferring and, of knowledge. And, and also art. I mean, because dancing is art, right? So you yes. just wrote one, one genre to yes. another. Yeah, I love to dance. So um, it's one of those things that, that yeah. I love. So, so yeah, that's probably something that not too many people know about me. Okay. Betty, you have a very distinctive style. Like for, I could see your work anywhere in the world and I would know that it's, it's your work. How did you find your style and how, what would you say to other artists who are, as you said, you work with a lot of artists that are just getting started. What would you say to artists who are trying to find their style? Yeah. So, so finding your style, man, that is like so big on the artist's wish list of yes. wanting to get there quickly. It took me years to figure out my style. And so, you know, going back to 2015 is when I decided I want to be an abstract artist. And so I, I was doing mixed media before that, got rid of all my mixed media supplies, focused on being an abstract artist. No clue what that meant. <laughs> I just knew that I just knew I wanted to create abstract art because I was seeing abstract art and it was just, I couldn't believe how it made me feel when I saw some abstract art. And I was like, wow, I want to create stuff that makes me feel like that. And so I spent years trying to figure it out. I was trying everything. I was trying different products, uh, techniques. I was looking at, you know, watching YouTube videos. I was like, you know, picking and choosing like, oh, well, maybe 
maybe I'll try this on this one this time. Uh, so I started kind of a cheating way of doing abstract, which was doing abstract landscape. That was kind of my segue into trying to figure out this other stuff. So in 2018, when I went to go visit my parents, it was May, and wildflowers were in bloom all over the island. And my mom and I go for walks, and we would pick all these, and they were all over the house. We had these little bouquets all over the house. And I brought my art supplies with me because I was spending a month there. And I was sitting outside with this gorgeous view of the Adriatic out on, out on the deck. And I was just, I remember telling myself, okay, Betty, you're on vacation. Don't worry about anything. Just, just create. Just, just relax and create. And sure enough, I was starting to create these pieces that I was just falling in love with. I was like, wow, where are these coming from? And I was, it didn't realize it immediately, but I soon realized I was painting those flowers, those flowers from the walks we were going on, from the flowers I was seeing when we were out, you know, on our walks, the flowers, the bouquets that we were picking, the, the colors of them, the, the shapes of them, the, the, the textures of them. And so that was starting to show up in my artwork. And it was so fantastic because several months later, I was able to look back and really see the development of that and, and how it happened. But leading up to that, I saw little glimpses of it happening, but not recognizing what was happening at that time. It kind of like came together for me during that, during that particular time in Croatia. Wow. So you said something that I... I think it's really, really important. And that is, well, everything you said is important, <laughs> but, <laughs> but particularly you were saying we want to rush that process to find, you know, our style. And it does take, it takes years. If you want to shorten the, the timeline, paint often, like every freaking day, right? Paint as yes. much as you can, but there is no shortcut to no no th there are no shortcuts and I realized there were no shortcuts and that journey that I took was so important to be able to create the way I create today so I would have cheated myself if I rushed the process and I just stuck to one style of painting that I just happened to be doing at that time and I was really waiting for that moment of where I was really my heart and soul was absolutely loving what I was creating and what I would say to folks who are looking for their style and they haven't discovered it yet is like you said you've got to be creating consistently and I don't mean every single day that doesn't work for everybody but be consistent be you know put it on your calendar and go do it but also what I'd like to tell folks is start noticing what you notice what is it when you are out and about in your everyday life when you're in the car driving when you are <clears throat> excuse me when you are I don't know, making dinner, you know, what, what are you noticing? Um, it, is it, you know, is it the shape of something? Is it the color of something? Is it the texture of something? You're, you're going to start making a list of these things that you're noticing and you are going to surprise yourself that there are things that, that make your heart happy, that you are maybe ignoring, that you, that happens to you, but you're not acknowledging it. So once I started really paying attention. Like I love old fences that are broken and falling down that are, you know, tilting over. I love those. I love stepping stones. You know, these are things that are showing up in my artwork through mark making. And so 
I, I didn't know those things until I started paying attention to what just spoke to me. And I know that sounds so simple, but for me, I just wasn't doing that. It's like, okay, this makes me happy, but I wasn't identifying what is it about that that made me happy. Yeah, it's almost like connecting the dots, right? It's so familiar that it's it's you can't discern, right? It's just so <laughs> so right there. But I love that idea of writing it down. What are you noticing? What are the things that catch your eye? I think that's. Uh, that's one of the best things I've heard about, you know, finding your style. And I often talk about how I actually am going to do a whole, an entire podcast on this. It's like, it's, I don't know if it, sometimes I think it's easier if we talk about finding our voice in something. And, um, but I love that. Just notice what you're noticing. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, Betty, we have a tradition here on the podcast where a previous guest leaves a question for the next guest and they don't know who the next guest is. So we have a question for you from the previous guest and here it is. I'm going to read it. Okay. What is one learning curve you encountered that you can share with us? Um, and then the second, the follow-up to that is what was the lesson you learned that helped you move forward and over that bump in the road? So let me say that again. What is one learning curve that you encountered that you can share with us? Like maybe, like what was yeah. something that you had to overcome and what was the lesson that helped you move forward over that? Yeah, that, that is such a good one. Um, so the thing that sticks out for me is when, so when I first started creating art, I was creating really small art, like four by six inches, three by five inches, like index card art, uh, mixed media art, which I love doing. And it's, it's amazing how quickly you can create art on that size. When I was ready to start supersizing, like the one behind me. Which is I gorgeous. Was, For those of you who you. are listening <laughs> on the podcast, go to YouTube and see the gorgeous piece of art that Betty created behind her. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> all good, all good. So, so I wanted to create large art. And... I went from creating these small pieces, so small, at that point I was doing like nine by 12 on a consistent basis. And it was really hard for me to go to large. I was struggling. I remember months and months of struggling. It's like, it just wasn't coming together. And I was trying to figure out what is wrong with me. Like I would seriously say, Betty, what is wrong with you? Why can't you take this and make it supersized this, this big? And what I discovered was that I was not using the right brush sizes. I was not using the right, I wasn't doing the right gestures. Like, like there's this whole shift between working small and your hand, you've got this um, memory of um, working smaller and your hand can automatically know how far to go when you're working on a small piece. But when you go large, you've got to really get your whole body into that motion. And it's not just standing in one spot. It's moving around. And it's so what I learned after months, and, and I'm telling you, man, these were such difficult months for me. And, and I wasn't really enjoying going to the studio during this time because unless I was creating something small because of this struggle. And so what I learned was I needed to change my brushes. I need to buy larger brushes. I need to put out more paint and I needed to just 
get my whole body into it and, and really get into that motion of creating larger marks and larger brush strokes. And once I figured that out, it was like, it suddenly clicked for me. Uh, duh. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was much easier after that. Was every piece a lot easier? No, I still, you know, it was still a process of, of getting there. And even today, when, like, when I go to Croatia, I work small on paper because I have small studio space there, in, again, in the laundry room. And, but, and when I come back, it takes me a little while to get back into that full body, you know, muscle memory of working smaller versus working larger. That I love that you said that it is muscle memory, right? It yeah. is like whether you're going, so for me, I, I started painting a little larger. So the physicality of that is what feels so comfortable to me. But then once a year I paint these, the small series of paintings that are yeah. 12 by 12s and it takes yeah. me forever to mm -hmm. change over into, you know, the different motion. Right. But again, yeah. so just to recap for all of you guys, what she said um, is that changing your tools is so important when you're changing the size of your of your paintings, whether you're going from big and now you're going to go to small, so you need to make have smaller tools, or you're going up and then you need to get bigger tools. That's so helpful. That's going to help so many people. Yeah. Thank you. So Absolutely. Okay. So now we have where you leave a question for the next guest. Do you have a question that you would like for someone else to answer? So, so my question would be for the next guest is um, what is your biggest challenge being an artist? So is there like one thing that really stands out above and beyond the other aspects of being an artist? I love that. And I can't wait to hear what another artist would say, because that makes me think, what is my biggest challenge as, you know, as being an artist? There's, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> yes. Right. So let's narrow it down to one that's, that we can, you know, the next artist can share because we all love hearing uh, what other artists are, are going through and, and what, you know, what some of their challenges are and struggles are in we learn so much from that. So I love these artist interviews. I love doing them, but I also love listening to other artists because I learn so much more about myself each time I listen to another artist talk. I agree. I agree. As usual, Betty, you are kind and gracious, and uh, I'm so honored that you agree to be on the podcast. And I'm just grateful for all of the, the ways that you show up in my life. And they're, they always seem to be a little bit of surprise, and it's just like... Uh, I don't know if you've heard of God winks. It's like every now and then you just get this God wink. It's like just something oh. that makes you smile. And that's what I, what I feel like you are in the world, oh. not just for me, but for so many people. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jody. It has been such a fun time chatting with you. And I hope that we can do it again sometime. Me too. If you're thinking you may want to go farther faster, I really encourage you to find a community of artists to support you in your personal growth as well as your business growth. Mentoring artists on their journey sets my face on fire. It's my passion, it's my purpose, it's my calling. I absolutely love it. But even if we don't work together, please find someone who believes in your fine self. 
If you think, though, that it would be a blast for us to work together, applications are now open for Studio Elite, which starts in February. And what a great time because it's a great time for you to put your stake in the ground for 2024 and to set your artistic goals in motion. You can get more info at the link in the show notes.